Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Gary Love and Chris Embry coming at you for another version of the weekly sports recap here in the Southern Indiana, the Louisville market. We are on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, the Big X. We're the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville and Southern Indiana market. Owned by our man Dugan Ryan. We have the, as I describe it, the creative flexibility to really do whatever the hell we want on our show each and every week. We talk uh, college basketball. We talk, you know, NBA, MLB, NFL, uh, a little bit of World Cup if anybody has any interest at all. Uh, A little bit of boxing, a little bit of mixed martial arts. Uh, Chris and I were able to go to the Hard Rock MMA event last Saturday. So this is the second time we've been on the air since the event. And, you know, we always mix in at least a little bit of the MMA talk and promote the local stuff, along with any of the big stories nationally or internationally in the world of combat sports. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. Chris, Gary, how are you guys doing this morning? Doing great. How you doing, man? Doing good. I'm feeling a little off today. What's off about it? What's off about everything, Gary? I, my headphones are different. Are they? I'm a lefty, and my mic is usually on the left. I'm on the right, so I'm feeling a little backwards. So excuse me if I'm a little. Off I think today. you could adjust it. I think you could uh, just put it, just take it off, and put it the other way. It doesn't matter though, as long as it works, yeah. right? I'd rather, I'd rather complain a little bit. No, that's good. Yeah, it's good to complain. That's what the, the radio is for, talk radio. Oh, yeah. Is so we can get on here and complain. Um, I describe this part of the year each and every year as being somewhat of a dead period. You got to be a real diehard to follow college basketball right now. And you got to, you know, uh, um, be a baseball fan to follow Major League Baseball. My Cincinnati Reds are hot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Oh, yeah. Um, good for the Reds fans. Still one of the, the five or six worst teams in baseball. But, you know, they're, they're winning. They're not in last place now. They're not in last place. No. Nope. And, and uh, me as a lifelong Reds fan, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, what about their pitcher yesterday? Yeah, Lorenzen with the Grand Slam. Yeah. Late. His last. His last Did you see that, Chris? No, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, Lorenzen with the Grand Slam. His last three at-bats have been, three, have been home runs. Yeah. He's a hell of an athlete. Yeah. He, he was here in Louisville for a while. I love the – and, you know, I harp on certain narratives uh, over the course of my tenure here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. But one that I love is we're here in Louisville. We get to see the AAA affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. So, come on. Be a Cincinnati Reds fan. Support your local team. Just, a, you know, an hour, hour and a half up Interstate 71 north, and you can go watch the Reds play. So, uh, you know, I'm a lifelong Reds fan. I'm wa- I'm looking right now here in the, the 1450-96-1, uh, the Big X studio, 
We've got all sorts of very cool sports memorabilia. Our man Dugan Ryan, and and I don't know who exactly helps him with this, but um, I'm looking at a Barry Larkin uh, pennant. I'm looking at Dallas Cowboys, all sorts of old football uh, uh, banners, 1976 World Champions um, photo from the Cincinnati Reds, obviously Muhammad Ali. We are on the radio, so you cannot see what I'm talking right. about. Um, but And then you walk outside, and there's a, a real cool picture of Barkley and, and Ewing and, and uh, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, the, the dream team. You know, when they're little baby, little babies version of yep. them. All sorts of cool stuff. Our man Chris Embry actually uh, contributed to what's turning into a, a sports museum almost. Uh, brought in some, some uh, University of Kentucky, former University of Kentucky players when they go to the NBA, some basketball cards and contributed it to the, the windowsill here. Uh, Chris, what do you want to tell us about these cards? You a, are you a sports cards uh, collector? Yeah, I mean, I, I keep up with all the sports and stuff, but uh, I was mainly collecting the Kentucky basketball players that went on to the NBA, and uh, Let me, I think all those on the seal right there from the championship, well, besides uh, Archie Goodwin. There. And Brandon Knight, I think. Let me see. We have Marcus Teague, Duran Lamb, Brandon Knight. And Brandon Knight, yeah. Is that Eric Bledsoe? No, no, Archie Goodwin. What happened, to Archie Goodwin? Is he in the D- G League? He uh, he just signed a uh, summer league deal with the Portland Trailblazers. Okay, that's why we got our man Gary Love at at scouting you on Twitter. That's why we got him here with us to stay up to speed on all things in the world of collegiate athletics and high school, and, and I guess transitions into the pros. That's how it works. Yep. Uh, also, we have a, a Michael Kidd Gilchrist card. And a Terrence Jones card. So we appreciate our man Chris Embry at Sky Vault on Twitter yep. contributing to what I'll describe as a, a sports memorabilia museum here at the Jeffersonville, Indiana studio. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to, uh, you know, add something to the wall there. Yeah, because we've got a little bit. A little bit too much Indiana stuff in here, it looks yeah. like. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Kentucky fan there. Yeah. But no, we, we are, we're located in Indiana, and we, we are the official station for the University of Indiana uh, Hoosiers. Yep. And, um, you know, we got all sorts of the three different schools here, and then a lot of professional um, gear. Yeah. I, like, I like going back and looking at some of these posters like the Indiana posters and Louisville posters or, I mean, because you look at some of the players on there, you're like, man, I can't – I forgot all about him playing on that team. And he was actually really good, you know, like Calvert Chaney. I always forget about Calvert Chaney being on Indiana. And I'm looking at a poster here, and he's on he's on the poster. I'm like, he did play for them. They Tell me really about good. Calvert Chaney. I know he, he played for a while in the NBA. Yeah, he was – I mean – But he's it, a name. Oh, yeah. In Indiana, he was almost unguardable. Okay. I mean, he was – Hit threes, go to the basket, and he he played about seven or eight years in the league, so he made his money. We were talking earlier, looking at these cards Chris has brought in about Michael K. Gilchrist. I said, how's he doing in the league? Gary, you said, because hey, he was, what, two or three overall pick in number the NBA two. draft? Number yeah. two. Yeah, okay. number two. So, very lofty expectations when you're drafted that high. Yep. And he's not lighting the world on fire with putting a bunch of points on the board or triple doubles or anything like that. But, Gary, you brought up a good point earlier. You said he specializes in playing really good defense. And so if you do that, I always use the example. You guys remember Joe Smith out of Maryland? Yeah. Yes. He was drafted number one overall. He was about 6'10", power forward. He could shoot, play defense, rebound. And when you're drafted number one overall, you have all sorts of expectations, right? Yep. 
Um, so if you don't live up to those expectations, you're kind of automatically put into the category of a bust. Right. Right. But if you go on and play for how many years did Joe? I'll bring it up. How many? If you guys have to guess, how many years did Joe Smith play in the NBA? Uh, I say thirteen. <laughs> how much money do you think he made, Chris? What do you, what's your guess? Sixteen years. Just sixteen. Okay, sixteen's amazing. If that's if that's accurate, let's see. Oh yeah. Joe Smith. Um, all right, he played from six foot ten, number one overall pick in nineteen ninety five. So it couldn't be sixteen. Played for 12 teams, 16-year career. Good job, Chris. Chris nailed it. Yeah, At Sky Vault on Twitter. So he was a bust, uh, you know, being compared to those expectations, taking number one overall. But he was fundamentally a real good player, stayed healthy, and was able to, to stick around and probably make a whole lot of money. Because selfishly, that's what you're trying to do. Speaking of money. Okay. Have you seen it lately? He's... Spent every penny he's had. Joe Smith? Yeah. Oh, God, I hate oh, to hear man. that. No, yeah. I have not seen that. Yeah, he's, he's falling on hard times. And, you know, a lot of these guys, like one-and-done players, that's why you need to have them required to take a business class or something like that, even though they're going to be in college one year. These guys, Antoine Walker. Jeez. I mean, he went to $110 million. I mean, you just – I mean, they got the wrong people around them. Everybody's spending their money. All you need is one person to advise you. On, hey, man, you can drive a Honda Accord, and you'll still live a great life. Chris Sabo. <laughs> okay, why, whoa, whoa. why do you say Chris Sabo? Third baseman. Let me see. Is he on our wall anywhere here? Uh, the goggles? Nope. nope. All right. One of my favorite all-time players. Third uh, baseman for the Reds when they won the World Series in 1990. Go on. He was he was 11 years into his uh, baseball career, and he was still driving the car that he drove in the uh, minor leagues. He had 240,000 miles on it. Did he? He? Ju he just said because this lifestyle ain't going to last forever. Sure. So, yeah, he was really And smart. it's a lot easier said than done. You know, you have all sorts of people in your ear telling you, why would you drive that when you can drive this? And you have this much money, and you have, you know, you can do that, and we can go on this trip, and you only have one house? Yeah. Why do you only have one house? And so, uh, yeah. uh, that's very sad to hear that somebody yeah. like Joe Smith, 16-year NBA career, that he went bankrupt, yeah. because you have so many chances to reinvent yourself financially over that, that, uh, um, span of years yeah. right it's ten years in he couldn't have been thinking or he shouldn't have been thinking well I'll be playing forever yeah. right <laughs> ten years into playing in the NBA yeah I'm reading it right now it says how Joe Smith went from millionaire to only having three thousand dollars in the bank wow three thousand golly yeah that's so depressing it is Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty we encourage you to give us a call get in on the action we are going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? I'm doing great, guys. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing very well. We appreciate your call this morning, Brian. I consider this to be a little bit of a dead period for the local sports scene, but I know you follow not only the local sports, Brian, you follow NBA free agency, you follow horse racing, you follow the World Cup, you follow everything, Brian. What do you have for us this morning? Well, let me start with, uh, you know, the, 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 the debate that goes on forever in baseball between, and be great to hear Marcus's thoughts on this, about the DH rule. And I have forever been a fan of not having a DH in the, the, you know, the way the National League has done it. What about this Lorenzen, the pitcher for the Reds? I mean, hits a grand slam yesterday. That's the Reds' second grand slam Everybody knows the Reds are hot right now playing great baseball. This is the guy's second. This is the Reds' second grand slam by, uh, hit by a pitcher this week. 
And this guy, Lorenzen, has hit home runs in his last three at-bats. And he was put in as a pinch hitter yesterday. So, I mean, come on, guys. Anybody that played baseball growing up knew that the best batter typically on the other team was their pitcher. I mean, so how did they – I always wondered, how did the pitcher – you know, I played a lot of baseball all through high school, and, you know, that, that was typically your best athlete. How did the pitcher get to be such a bad hitter when he went professional? So love to see it. I think it, it makes a great case for keeping – uh, you know, the pitcher in the game, you know, some of them are good bunners. I mean, it just adds a strategic uh, intrigue to the game. But I was really uh, impressed. The Reds had their biggest inning of the year yesterday in their 12-3 to win. They're going to try to split the series with Milwaukee, first place Milwaukee uh, today. But uh, they're playing some great baseball. Hey, Kelly, you mentioned the World Cup. Boy, I tell you, there's no two bigger stars than Ronaldo and Messi, and both of them, exited stage door left yesterday uh and uh it, it was i'm a big ronaldo fan i'm a big portugal fan uh went to portugal a few years ago fell in love with the country and uh I, I wear my ronaldo jersey uh he just couldn't get it done they both look a little washed up it's it's like any game it's a young man's game and uh neither one of them have scored a goal in the knockout round and uh, number of years. So uh, I think it's the end of both of them. Messi particularly looks disturbed, unhappy. Uh, but, uh, wow, I tell you what, if you're not watching a World Cup, uh, you're missing some great action. The way that uh, Portugal game uh, ended yesterday, I mean, a lot of intensity. Uh, very surprised there wasn't a fight. Uh, it was great action. I'm going to watch the two games today, but it's heating up, guys. It's a knockout round, and you lose and you're out. So, uh I tell you what, free agency. You mentioned it. I just, I'm just looking through some stuff uh, right now, and uh, they're starting to pop. The free agency is starting to pop in the NBA. I'm just seeing it now. So what we got? Uh, I saw Paul Paul George agrees to four year, 137 million dollar deal to stay with the Thunder. So all that talk about he's an LA guy, that's gone. He's locked in. Chris Paul agrees to four year, 160 million dollar deal. Got to think that's an overpayment. I think Chris Paul's seen his better days. Uh, let me see. I saw a couple other ones. DeAndre Jordan, one-year deal with the Mavericks. He was rumored maybe to, he was trying to get with the Warriors. Durant resigns, two-year, $61 million deal. And I'd be curious to hear your Kentucky fans talk about Cuzzy Bear, where he's going to go. Uh, he's expected to schedule a meeting with the Pelicans or the Lakers. The Lakers are really going to want him. Uh, so he's about to get some big money. Uh, but I, I actually think it's in New Orleans' best interest not to have – I never liked Teeman, Cousins, and Anthony Davis, who I consider to be the best center by far in the league, Anthony Davis. And all this talk about people wanting to team with someone else to win a championship, I never hear enough about Anthony Davis. If I'm LeBron, if I'm anybody else, and I want to win a title, Kawhi, anybody – I'm on the phone with Anthony Davis saying, hey, how do I get teamed up with you? Because he's the best center in the league. So it's starting to pop now, guys. It's uh, the NBA free agency. And, of course, we're going to hear where LeBron goes. And, we're, and as you guys know from me calling in for, for a long time, I'm not a LeBron fan at all. Sorry, Steve Driver. But uh, I've got to tell you, man, he's on the phone right now trying to find a way he can weasel out another championship. And I love he's out of the state of Ohio. Uh, so I don't have to watch his ass complain and flop. I tell you, watching the World Cup and seeing these floppers, there was a guy on uh, Uruguay yesterday, Suarez. 
I mean, I, I've never seen so, – I told my wife, I've never seen such flopping like this since the last Cavs game I watched. I mean, the, the expressions and these guys get uh, – some of them act like they've been shot from some somebody in the, in the crowd. And it, I tell you what, LeBron, I've always said – Mrs. Colling should have been a football, or I'm sorry, yeah, a football player, but he should have been a football player, a soccer player, because either that or go right to Hollywood, because he's the biggest flopper, 6'8", 280, and he goes flying into the front row and spills everybody's drinks. I mean, I'm tired of LeBron. <laughs> Off to La Vista, baby. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I'd love to hear the show. Uh, have a great day, man. Great stuff, as always, from our man Brian the Insider. He touched on a few... Good topics. I see our man Gary Love at Scouting You over there taking notes. Oh yeah, as always, working very hard for the weekend sports buzz. I do appreciate you. Yep. Um, so, what did Brian touch on? I love the DH talk. Yep. You know, we're all sports junkies. Yeah. <laughs> we can jump into any of this. Yeah. Um, I love the DH talk. Of course, we we know Brian the Insider does not like LeBron. Yep. Thinks he's a flopper. Um, and the free agency talk. He's saying Anthony Davis should be the most sought after piece. To someone's puzzle, if you have a choice. And I don't disagree with that because so many of these other guys, you know, I, I don't care who it is. But what they do is they require the ball to be in their hands. I guess Kawhi Leonard, not so much maybe. No. Kawhi Leonard could be a good piece other than his horrible attitude, which we've discussed in recent weeks. Yeah. But yeah. if you have somebody who can be a significant pro, post-presence, yeah. despite the NBA in 2018 not being the era of the dominant big men, I am still a firm believer if you do have a, a significant presence inside who can block shots and alter uh, schematically for your, your team's defensive strategies, uh, but also open up shots for guys like uh, anybody sitting outside. Remember Shaq and then Shaq in L.A. and all of a sudden Rick Fox turned into one of the best three-point shooters in the league yeah. when prior to that he was a journeyman? So I, I, I don't disagree with Brian there as far as free agency. I think... Anthony Davis should be a significant piece to that puzzle. You guys want to jump into NBA free agency right now? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, what do you have for me, Speaking of Davis, I just read this morning that Anthony Davis next summer is eligible for a $235 million extension. Jeez. The highest, it'd be the highest NBA contract in history. Okay. Um, I don't see him walking away from that, but that's why as far as Cousins goes, the Lakers are trying to sign him to a one-year max. And New Orleans, uh, he's got meetings set up, I think, this week. With I'm Boston. sorry, I'm sorry. DeMarcus Cousins. Who, who's trying to sign him to a max? The Lakers want him for a one-year max. Oh, okay, the Lakers want him to come team up with Julius Randle. Okay, I thought you were yeah. mixing him up. No, that would no. be awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> Cousins, I don't know if he wants to sign a max deal with New Orleans because he don't really know if – if Anthony Davis is going to stay in New Orleans. Okay. Because he wants to win a championship too. Sure, everybody does. But as far as uh, Brian the Insider talking about that, having two guys like that play together, he didn't think Cousins and Davis really played should play together because of stats or whatever. Listen to these stats for these two guys. Okay. Anthony Davis averaged 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 2.3 assists a game. DeMarcus Cousins, 25 points, 13 rebounds, and almost six assists a game. I'd like to see the breakdown of how many games they played. Almost like six yeah. assists? Yes. Almost. 5.5 5 assists a game for, for a big man. But why weren't they very good? Injuries? No, they they were good. I mean, they made the second round of playoffs, which but, is I mean, great those are – those are, those are, uh, all right, let's back up. He played. Is DeMarcus Cousins the best center in the NBA? Yes. Okay. Is Anthony Davis probably the second? No, he's a power forward. Okay, best maybe the best power forward then. Yeah. 
Okay. Absolutely. Well, then why did they only make it to the second round of the playoffs, right? Because, they because need some Cousins, guards, Cousins only played 48 games. He tore his okay. Achilles. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he was out the last half of the season. That's right. So, so you're saying they, they, they should stay in New Orleans? Absolutely. If they I would think did so. that good with him on the bench, um, could you imagine if he was healthy in the playoffs? They would have – they they could have went, you know, another step further. Who yeah. knows? One thing that I wouldn't downplay or a lot of people aren't talking about where Cousins is going, I wouldn't be too surprised if he don't go to Washington with John Wall. They just got rid of their – If who, who does? DeMarcus Cousins. Okay. Because, you know, they played college together. They're real – I mean, they're real close. And they just traded their – Washington just traded their center. So they have no big man. You guys know the, the website, The Ringer? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I've read a lot of advanced analysis and things like that. I'm not claiming to be a numbers guy. But according to a lot of the numbers I've read, Cousins is not good defensively at all. No, Li- he's, liability. He's slow, slow-footed, but he averages two blocks a game. Okay. Which is decent. If decent. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but I would say that what separates the two is that Anthony Davis – is I mean he blocks three pointers he 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 can oh, yeah. he can guard someone on the perimeter he's almost Kawhi Leonard on the perimeter and then he has the defensive acumen to dominate in dominate in the paint yep. for your team on, on defense so uh, night and day maybe Demarcus Cousins is the most talented center offensively in the NBA right but I would say someone like Joel Embiid uh, you know somebody maybe even uh, DeAndre Jordan who just signed with the Mavericks yeah. I know that that's an entirely different skill set yeah. DeAndre Jordan couldn't shoot a free throw or a three-pointer to save his life. No, he only averages maybe 11 points a game. However, yeah. he doesn't shoot those. No, <laughs> you know, but he gets you 15 rebounds. Yeah, he gets you 15 yeah. rebounds. He likes to dunk. Yep. And as far as the efficiency numbers, DeAndre Jordan's right up there with, a, I guess, more of a, a throwback type player yeah. uh, to, you know, Shaq or something like that. But DeAndre Jordan, uh, rumored by many to be potentially a piece to somebody's puzzle, signs with the Mavericks. Yeah. And, you know, remember when that happened? Was that like two years ago? Yeah, where he backed out. What What was it? Recap that for me, please. Well, he he, uh, he was a restricted free agent. He was with the Clippers. He was with the Clippers, and he met with Dallas. He agreed to a contract and everything. And then the, that night before the deadline hit, he backed out of it. I can't believe the Dallas, Dallas Mavericks went back after him. I mean, because they lost several free agents because of that. But, uh, yeah, but they signed him to a one-year, $24 million contract. And go back on uh, BTI was talking about when he was talking about uh, Paul George. That guy has cost himself a lot of money because he didn't want to resign with Indiana Pacers because he made it known he wanted to go to the Lakers. Yes. So they traded him. So he could have signed with the Pacers for two hundred twenty million dollars, and here he is getting one hundred thirty-seven million. And he instead of doing, why did he do a four-year contract when all he needed was a two-year contract to get the ten-year minimum, and he would have signed for a whole lot more in two years. So he's, I mean, he's costing himself money left and right. For what I would describe as one of the most highly anticipated NBA off-seasons in recent years. You know, I'm thir- I'll am i be 35 in August. Gary, let's do a quick recap again. Gary, how old are you? I'll be 44 in August. All right, Chris? 41. 41, okay. So we've all been fans of basketball and the NBA for a long time. NBA free agency has really ramped up in recent years relative to... <laughs> Even five, ten years ago, right? Yeah. Okay, so this was supposed to be the year where Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, I don't know, and Russell Westbrook and LeBron all went to the Lakers. Chris Paul. I'm exaggerating a little. But this was supposed to be, as 
exciting of an NBA free agency offseason as as ever. And it appears, at least right now, that it may turn out to be a very anticlimactic event. Yeah, I mean, LeBron look, James looks more and more likely that he'll probably stay in Cleveland, right? Yep. Let's call it what it is. He's yep. probably going to stay in Cleveland as of right now. My prediction from day one. Was it? Yes. I hope. I hoped he was. Brian was confident earlier. I mean, yep. Brian, who is located in Ohio, yep. to get his whiny ass out of there, did yep. not want him in Ohio. And he was happy. Sounded According to Brian, it sounded like LeBron's gone. Yeah. But I, I, where's he going? Yeah, if he goes to the Lakers. He's not I going mean, to Houston. Let's, no. go, let's cross teams off. He's not going to Houston. Doesn't look like he's going to the Lakers now. No, he's not going to Why Philly. would he go to the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, who can they get? I mean. They could trade Julius Randle and Kyle Kuzma for Kawhi Leonard maybe. Yeah, but. And then you have Kawhi Leonard and LeBron. But still, how much better is that than his current situation in his hometown of Cleveland? Other than being able to attract mid-level free agents. Nobody wants to go to Cleveland and play. So the Lakers are a lot more attractive uh, organization. But like you say, here are the t- here are the guys that were rumored to go with him. Chris Paul signed a four-year, $160 million contract. Why would the Rockets gave him that kind of money? Because he'll be 41 making $40 million a year. No. Yes. So you're saying Chris Paul's 37? Yes. So when he gets... I don't think Chris Paul's 37. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> You like how adamant I am? <laughs> I don't. I just don't think he is. I think he's my age he, or younger. He, he's got to be. Let me see. I'm bringing it up. You got to guess. 33 years old, Chris Paul. So he'll be 37 when he. He'll makes. be 37. Yep. Okay. And, and he can't stay healthy. Okay. I just you don't. Get you think me. he's toward the end? Oh yeah. Absolutely. However, statistically, this past season, Chris Paul did produce. Yeah, but he's, he's and, and surprisingly that marriage of Chris Paul and James Harden. Did I mean they they were not far from knocking this no. Warriors team team off, were they? Right, but not far. They if he wouldn't have got hurt, they may have. But he's hurt all the time. I don't think he's worth forty million dollars a year. Well, it's all relative. I mean, yeah. you know, how much do we get paid to come in here every Sunday? Yeah, it's you know, I mean, it's all relative. It's how much yeah. are they paying people to do it? Yeah. You know, speaking of contracts and lopsided contracts, our man Kendrick Taskins, I think of WHAS. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows Kendrick. Everybody loves him. Says today is national. You guys know what it is? Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh yeah, the day the the day the Mets pay Bobby Bonilla one million dollars every year, even though he's been retired for seventeen years. Retired ninety nine was his last year. Ninety nine. Okay, you're ready for that till two thousand thirty five. That's unbelievable. That has to go down as the the worst contract in the history of sports. I want his agent next time I would negotiate my deal here. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, speaking about bad contracts, Oklahoma City. I I want to be on them for a minute because they're it's unreal the bad decisions they make. Are they keeping Carmelo Anthony? The rumors he's going they're going to buy him out. Okay, he, right. they owe him twenty seven million. I'm but sorry. Go on. They got eleven players signed for one hundred and fifty six million dollars. They are a repeat offender on the luxury tax, so they have to pay a $130 million penalty. So they, they're paying $300 million for this half a team they – half a decent team they got. All right, let's think about who they have. Could they be good if they got rid of Carmelo Anthony and threw a couple role players on the team? Let's see. They, they've got Steve Adams. Steven Adams, who is probably, a, what, yeah. a top five center in the NBA? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. You think that's I'm exaggerating, yeah. Chris? Am I exaggerating? I think you're yeah, a fan, just a little bit. Just because he looks, he looks the role of like a, a Game of Thrones character, or right? <laughs> With the little mu- the big old mustache he has. Um, okay, so so they've got him. Yeah. Now they clearly have uh, 
Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. locked up and Paul George locked up. Supposedly yeah. they were at a party last night. Russell Westbrook had a big party last night, and uh, Paul George was out out there, and they, they had the microphone, and they were talking about how they're going to win championships and <laughs> yeah, this and that. So I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. But it, it, th- and they just re-signed Jeremy Grant. Okay. To, uh, From Notre on. Dame? Yeah. So, I mean, he's, they've got a – I don't know. It just – looking at their roster here, I, I mean, a lot of these guys you don't even know. You I know mean, how that impacts college basketball trickle-down effect is yeah. at least Billy Donovan staying there. They've got uh, Hamadou Diallo. They may win a championship. <laughs> <laughs> how great of a basketball player is Diallo? He is a world-class athlete. <laughs> how great of a basketball player, though? Not he, good. He, no, he's <laughs> not he, good. I mean, he – yeah, I mean, he's just got he's got to work on his shot. Yeah, sometimes you can find roles if you have talented guys around you, and you don't need to shoot and touch the ball. Maybe he'll be a defensive specialist. Yeah, yeah. Um, they got Patterson still on that team. Okay, Patrick Patterson. What, what about the trickle down effect? We're, we're a college basketball market. Let's start. Let's start shifting. We spent the majority of the first hour talking about. Actually, let's see. Any thoughts on the Brian's DH comments? You know, there's certain guys over the years in the '90s. The Atlanta Braves had Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin. They had pitchers who were not only ace starting pitchers, but they're in the National League, and they also had a, a, a bat. They would win Silver Slugger awards from the pitcher yep. position. Yep. Um, Rick Ankiel. Okay, Rick Ankiel is a great example. Yeah. He's a different type of example because he was a closer. Yeah. Was not utilized really for his bat at all. Yeah. I didn't really even know that he had a bat. Yeah. And then he then he reinvented himself. He 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 bombed out in the playoffs, I think, for the the Cardinals, yeah. right? Yep. Then he reinvented himself, comes back, and he's a legitimate not now, but he yeah. was a legitimate outfielder with yeah. with with power and obviously a heck of an arm. Yeah. Okay, so there's been guys over the years in recent memories. I remember Micah Owings who did it for the Diamondbacks, and then he he did it for my Cincinnati Reds, where he had a good a good bat. Yeah. But Mike Lorenzen. Heck of an athlete. Happens to be a guy who I followed pretty closely here when he was with the Louisville Bats and then moved up to the uh, Cincinnati Reds. But he's hit a – what did you say? He's hit a home run in his last three at-bats for yeah. the Cincinnati Reds, including bat- a late-inning DH – I'm sorry, not DH – pinch hitter mm-hmm. home run last night. Yep. So what are your thoughts on the DH rule? Why in the hell does the American League have the DH rule and the National League doesn't? Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. Shouldn't everybody play from the same rules? You would, yeah, you would think. I mean, Lorenzo's batting six hundred, but the thing greatest is, hitter in the history of the sport. That's a good oh, point, yeah. though, man. I, I, Way better than Barry Bonds. I've never understood why they have one with uh, the DH and one with yeah. The other. Baseball's weird, and they've is. got old traditions and things like that. Yeah. And I love it, but um, it, it's definitely a, a strange thing. I mean, um, I, I think the answer to before we move on, I think the answer to Brian's question is this. It's the same reason we don't see two sport athletes anymore. It's because of specialization from an early age. You get these summer league teams, kids. If you're going to be a um, basketball player during baseball season, you're not playing baseball. You're on a traveling basketball team. Oh yeah, you know, same thing goes for baseball. Whereas uh, back when Deion Sanders and and uh, uh, Bo Jackson were, were growing up, they would play. Depending on the season, they would play different sports. In today's day and age, you're expected to specialize in order to compete from a very early age. That brings up a topic of helicopter parenting and over-involvement. I mean, hell, Joe Jackson died this past week. That's yeah. right. We didn't talk about that last week, did we? No. No. Why were we talking about Michael Jackson and, and Joe Jackson last week? 
I think we made, we were talking about Joe Jackson last week, making fun of him, and then he died. So about bad parents. We were. Uh, we were I, that just came to me. So we were making fun of Joe Jackson last week, and then he died. So we're we're like the cursed radio station. We are. Any other parents? <laughs> I mean, Tiger Woods' dad's already passed. Yeah. Uh, Serena and Venus Williams' dad obviously was a, very involved. Yeah. Speaking of of uh, female tennis, right? Look no further than Sloane Stevens, right? Didn't Wimbledon start tomorrow? It's getting close. I was, I was, I was kind of uh, looking. I was uh, looking at these best pitchers in baseball hitting right now so far this year. Michael Lorenzen's OPS is at six ninety eight. Jeez, it's, it's pretty good. Oh yeah, I mean obviously it's not going to hold up. No, you know there's there's batters who come up and they're they're hot, and then pitchers and these advanced scouts at the the major league baseball level they get a hold of video and they say, oh he's dropping his. I don't know. Yeah. You know, he's dropping his his uh, inside elbow, and and if you if you just throw, you, all you got to do is pitch inside to him, yeah. and then all of a sudden he goes to the Mendoza line. Really, I'm not saying he's going to be a horrible hitter, right. but uh, it does bring up a very interesting topic, and you could even make a case that it, it, it increases the strategic uh, intrigue for a sport like baseball because yeah. you have, you know, I remember Bronson Arroyo. Um, Good pitcher, innings eater, had a, 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 a delivery where he could pitch a lot of innings. But he was physically fast. He was a fast guy, so he'd be used as a pinch runner at times. Yep. So baseball is so cool because it's, you know, boxing's obviously the sweet science. Yeah. It, that's the, the coined phrase to, to describe boxing. But baseball is like that too. Yeah. If you follow it closely, you get into the little nuances of it, and it's, it's pretty cool. How bad would your feelings be hurt if you was a position player – Oh, okay. And you get pulled for somebody for for a pitcher to pitch hit for you. That's a great, great uh, Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton's a good example. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and there's other guys too because you know Zach Cozart. Yeah, he's not a good example anymore. But you know, a lot of people come up. Maybe they're a shortstop and they're known for their glove. Yeah, they're not known for having a good bat. No. Okay. Um, So the the reason they're there is because of their glove. They they can play top notch defense defense from the the second baseman or shortstop position. And so they're not expected to really have a big bat. Yeah. But occasionally there may be a time. Also, 162-game season, rest comes into play. Mm-hmm. Tactically, there's a lot of different factors. I won't even pretend to really understand everything that goes into the, 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 the mind of a, a manager at the MLB or even AAA level. Yeah. People, people don't realize how difficult – how, how talented and how uh, difficult of a task it is to play for these Louisville bats here locally. You go watch them, and you peep. that's always one of my favorite things is talking to people in the stands, and they're like, well, these guys are, you know, they're not that good. And they put it, they probably wait tables on the side. And No, these guys are making 300000 some of them over a million a year. Yep. And they were the best athlete in the, whatever city they grew up in, yep. probably dominated in basketball too, and great golfer, and just hell of an athlete. At all levels for baseball. You know what intrigues me is why the managers still wear the uniform. <laughs> okay. I, I think it should be universal. Everybody that coaches a team, you should wear, like, NBA guys. Coaches should wear the uniform on the sidelines. Oh, you think the coaches in the NBA oh, yeah, should, too? Well make it universal. Make Just it, because it would be entertaining. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to watch Stan Van Gundy wearing an NBA uniform? <laughs> Who would be the best case of that? Popovich. Popovich. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Majerish, uh, you know. God rest his soul. Yeah. But that would have been good. Yeah. You know, big fat guy wearing a uniform. Everybody, let's be honest. Everybody would enjoy that. Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins. 
<laughs> or what about uh you'd have guys like steve kerr or mark jackson you know certain guys would do yeah. fine with it former players Derek fisher yeah. jason kidd would do perfectly fine jason kidd could probably go out there and play yeah but yeah. the comical ones that's where the real gold would be what about uh nfl where the guys had to, <laughs> coach, <laughs> coach had to wear shoulder pads and everything on sidelines but that, that that hides your identity if you have a helmet on too. Yeah, it, does, it would yeah. look funny. Yeah. But it is funny in baseball. <laughs> the is. traditions it's they wear those pants. Yeah. Not, uh, you know, not the most uh, stylish in 2018 no. looking looking pants. Uh, tight pants. I mean, that's what baseball is. Yeah. I mean, I can understand wearing the jersey maybe in the in the dugout, but maybe throwing some khaki shorts or something. <laughs> Switch it up. I don't know. I, I've always wondered why they why they wore the uniforms. Hopefully we'll get to hear from our man, the truth today, who who we know is a a, a a Yankees fan. Yeah, he's always following that very closely. Who won that game last night? I, I believe the the Red Sox did win. Yeah. Yep, came on pretty what eight o'clock. Chris Sale delivered. Chris Sale, who's uh has his own story. We can go in so many different directions, but an ace for the Sox. You know who I'm picking to win the World Series this year? Not going mm-hmm. out on much of a limb. Houston. Houston, yeah. <laughs> they are good. Yeah. And they got Verlander. Just imagine. They how- got an ace, a legit proven ace who's putting up good numbers this year. They were so terrible in the National League. Remember the, the, the Sports Illustrated cover? Like, I think it was 2013. I, I don't remember the year. I'll bring it up. But uh, uh, proven to be prophetic, it said the – I think it came out in 2012 or 13. I'll bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um it said, your 2017 World Series champions. Damn. And sure enough, let's see, Houston Astros. That's pretty good. Sports Illustrated cover. Let's see. All right, so I'll bring it up. I, I still got it. My dad got it for me, and, and I've still got it. I'm looking at it here. It's got George Springer on the, the front. It said, your 2017 World Series champion. And it came out in – darn it. I'll bring it up here. But they, they are, are really doing, uh, uh, you know, big things as far as still being the, the top t- top uh, baseball, you know, baseball team. Other teams, the, the Red Sox are on pace to win. I think it's 108 games if they keep this up. The AL Central is very intriguing. Mm-hmm. A lot of good storylines. You know, they, they, they got uh, Giancarlo or Mike Stanton, whatever you call him. Uh, in Aaron Judge, so they've got a very sexy or exciting team in New York for the Yankees, and then the Red Sox obviously always put together a good squad. What about Seattle? They're making a comeback. Seattle is. They're Seattle. game and half. You see their uniforms last night? I did not. What's they, up? They had the cut off sleeves. Did they? Yeah. So they. I mean, it was, it was just different seeing baseball players. You, you don't. They? You don't see that uh, in baseball. Do no, you? not at all. Not at all. So. All right, look, June 30th, 2014 is when this came up. So they predicted it three years out. Whoever decided to write that June 30th, 2014, mm-hmm. when the Astros were the worst team in baseball. Okay, that's the thing. They were the worst team in baseball. They just had a really strong farm system. That's why I'm <laughs> – I have very tapered expectations for my Reds, even though they're hot right now. They're the fourth or fifth worst team in baseball now. But wait for it. They've got a horrible farm system, too. Well, <laughs> so there's reasons. There's kind of like leading economic indicators for the economy in the United States or internationally even. There's different ways. So in baseball, you can predict certain things. How is your farm system, your minor league system, how is that rated? And so the Astros in 2014, everybody knew, God, they got 
Jose Altuve, this uh, Venezuelan guy, and then George Springer. they got all sorts of talent. They're going to be good. They're not now, but they're going to be good. My yeah. Cincinnati Reds, not good now. Even worse farm system. I, well, oh, yeah. they've got Hunter Green coming up through the system. He's very good. I think he was the number one pick. Um, they do have a few guys that are not too bad, but Hunter Green is one I would look out for. I remember Hunter Green, yeah. He's the guy whose pitcher can go both ways if he yep. needed to. Probably won't. Probably an ace pitcher, right? Yeah. But I, I certainly remember him. Um, so, yeah, they've got some big picks. That's what happens when you're, you're horrible is you get some early, some high draft picks um, as far as names. But I'm saying is this. Is baseball so difficult to project? Mm-hmm. And then guys start to, to uh, develop when they're in, in rookie ball or single A, and you're like, well, we didn't realize we had this. So, I mean, the people who follow baseball in the development process, they're very much so on top of it. And Hunter Green and, and some of the other guys that they've picked, yeah, they're good. <laughs> but it don't but guarantee. It, it doesn't yeah. guarantee, and, and the people who are evaluating it still say, yeah, this Reds farm system is not good. Right. So, I mean, it could turn out. You know, at some point, I'm not bailing. I'm a lifelong Reds fan. I I set my Facebook profile picture as a picture of me, I think, when I was two with the Cincinnati Reds hat on. I'm a Reds fan. I was born a Reds fan. I'll be a Reds fan when I die. You know, that's a a game plan. I love it. I like baseball. I like the storylines. Yeah, Yeah, I've I've been a Reds fan since Marge Schott was the owner. Yep. Dog running across the (laughs) How would Marge Schott do in 2018? Obviously, she's passed away also. Yeah. God rest she her soul. She would have been kicked out way she, before. She was an owner of the Cincinnati Reds who, she, who would make subtly, or maybe in 2018 it would not be considered to be subtle. I don't even know. She would make was. racist comments yeah. Yeah. about her own players. Dave Parker. Yep. Yeah. But you know what? She, did, she didn't shy away from spending money for the best players. Okay. Yeah, you're right. In hindsight, they yes. had success. In 1990, they won the World Series. And they worst, had some, worst of first. Yep. And they had some, some uh, worst of first. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then the the um what are they what's the description? They was first uh, first wire, pl- to wire wire to wire. Yeah. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. So they were they were in first place at the beginning of the season. They maintained it throughout, and yeah. they won the World Series. Yep. That nineteen ninety team uh, is a, somewhat of a focal point of today's show. You, we mentioned Chris Sabo earlier. Sabo. I mentioned Barry Larkin earlier. He was on that team. Todd Benzinger, Eric Davis, okay. Glenn Braggs, Paul O'Neill, Nasty Boys, Nasty Boys. Yeah, they was they yeah. had a real sexy. Uh, Bullpen. Yep. Um, so, you know, it, it's fun. Baseball's a, a unique sport. Mm-hmm. It's not always in the Midwest. If you don't have a baseball team in your city, not always a hot topic. Right. Uh, but it's fun to follow. Uh, Wimbledon does start tomorrow. Sloan Stevens uh, would be kind of considered to be the face of the young movement right now. So follow Sloan for, for you know, if, if that's something that you're interested in. World, yeah. World Cup's going on. It's not my cup of tea necessarily, but you know it's it's a big event, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I wouldn't describe any of the three of us as being big soccer fans. No, but it's cool. I'm I'm not anti soccer. You know, I mean, I, I haven't been following World Cup very closely. If the U.S. were in it, yeah, maybe I've been following a little bit more. But to be fair, how, uh, how about probably not the, a whole lot. When the World Cup comes to the United States, would you like to go to one of the? Uh, matches ah, it depends on what i have going on in my life you know what i mean yeah. I, I don't know it, it wouldn't rank up there for you yeah i don't know what would well the yeah. good the good thing for is, me personally just being honest i got a busy life yeah the good thing is since the, since it's coming here the uh the u.s automatically qualifies so 
They ain't got to worry <laughs> that's about good. That. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Flex your capitalistic muscles. How bad? How bad is the TV viewing going to be now that both Messi and uh, Ronaldo are out of it? Yeah. So I don't know actually. I, mean, I don't know a, the answer to that because there's boxing is a good example yeah. of that. Because you have Manny Pacquiao fight and you're like, oh, well, who cares about that fight? You're like, wow, look at these numbers. It's because yeah. the entire Philippines, everybody from the Philippines watched it. Yeah. Everybody. So I mean, I don't know how the the World Cup uh, uh, numbers will be without the U.S. Well, Some of the how impactful was the were the eyeballs from the United States last four years ago? Yeah. I mean, here locally, obviously, it was, or, or domestically, it was significant, but some of everybody the, around the world loves soccer. Some of the best actors in the world in soccer. What about flopping? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, yeah. Uh, uh, everybody hates on it, <laughs> yeah. but it's on the refs. It's a sweet. You know what I mean? It's a sweet science. It, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's on the refs. Yes. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because if you're going to flop, that's okay. The refs should rec- be able to recognize it if they're yeah. truly on top of it. Now, easier said than done. Yeah. What kind of shape are, there, are, Chris, those, are them referees in, though? That one guy in the middle of the field, the whole the whole match running down the field. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. When when I think of uh, some of the best floppers, I think of Chris Jones. Uh, For Louisville? <laughs> really? <laughs> For Louisville? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it? Dakari Johnson, I believe. Yeah. And uh, he he wasn't even near him. And, yeah, looked like he got shot, like you, uh, Brian the Insider said. <laughs> yeah, LeBron flops, too. I mean, oh yeah, Shaq flop too. Shaq, Shaq flop. Oh, yeah. That's the thing is the bigger and badder you are, the 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 more of a target you have on your head. Yeah. Um. The more difficult, the the increased difficulty for officiating yeah. your game. You LeBron's know, quicker yeah. than the majority of people in the NBA, and he's six eight two sixty. Yeah. Or however much he weighs, I don't know, but he's a giant. Yeah. So he's very difficult to guard. Someone and for years, uh, Steve Driver has given me flack for it. I always compare him to Shaq yeah. because I think it's very difficult to officiate a game with LeBron in it or Shaq in it. So if you're one of those guys and you're trying your best, and then people are just walking up and slapping your arm, and you're and, so strong, um, them guys are so strong they don't get the benefit of the whistle. Yeah. So I guess they have to. Le- Jordan uh, was a very tactical flopper, mm-hmm. but he was the master. It, it, someone would touch him, and then he would lean back and nail a, a fadeaway yeah. jumper. And uh, what do you call that? Is that flopping? Nah. No, it's just savvy. Yeah. Right? right? That's just uh, uh, greatness. But uh, my point is it's manipulating the officials. Everybody loves to hate on the floppers, yep. but that's on the officials in my eyes. I would flop too. Would you flop? Absolutely. If you if you thought it would help your team. I'm flopping Chris, right now. Chris? Uh you're saying you're 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 morally opposed to flopping. If there was contact made, I, I just couldn't. You don't want to be that guy who there's a highlight reel with camera angles from everywhere. Yeah. Okay. That's why I don't like charges. I mean, they're so overrated. I mean, charges just, are. Yeah, just don't get run over. I mean, you shouldn't benefit a defensive player for getting in the way. Yeah, getting in the way of somebody. That's an interesting point. Actually, we're all basketball fans, yeah. and you're an official. Yeah. Um. So you don't like charges being called, right? So, so somebody like LeBron should be able to dribble the ball down the middle of the court and just sprint to the basket, just not go around people, just sprint through them, though. Right. I mean, I don't know if sprint through them. It's just that the defensive player should not be able to stop a guy. What's the rule? Around. I do not know. I, I grew up playing basketball. What is the specific rule? How long do you have to be set before it's a you got to have two feet on the ground, two feet on the ground, and not moving. Yeah, but for no. a set amount of time, though. People are moving all the time. That yeah. is the one of the yeah. most difficult rules yeah, that's why uh, to, to enforce. Yeah. 
Yep. So I don't know. I remember just, Shane Battier. Yeah. Wasn't that one of his strengths was taking charges? Yeah. yeah. If you want to learn how to flop, also all you have to do is watch Duke basketball. Yeah, I knew you and you Kentucky fans were going to take that bait. No, but Shane Battier uh, continued into the NBA. That's, I love tactical stuff like that. Rodman was good at it. Yeah. yeah. You see guys who are good at taking charges. I think it's it's an interesting uh, and very impactful. I just think you're and, enforcement of a rule that really yeah. dramatically impacts the way the game is is played today. LeBron. Yeah. Case in point, our man Brian uh, and a lot of other other people would would agree that LeBron kind of bullies his way to the basket for open layups. Um, I guess I guess I'm fine with charges. I don't like the offside defense help charges. All right, elaborate. Like my brain is not. If wrapped you're not around the that. primary defender, you shouldn't be able to step in front of a guy and take a charge. If you're not the guy guarding LeBron, yes, you should not be able to slide over and, and impede his ability to get to the basket. The okay. guy guarding him should be the only guy being able to take a charge. Hmm. Okay. That's a good point. Interesting. All right. I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that's a difficult. I don't either. Um, but it impacts ratings and, and you know, the, the officials' meetings, things like that. Adam Silver and the commission, they, that's something that – the NBA has an interesting product going right now. I ran into a guy um, at the Jiu-Jitsu Academy the other day that I know, a friend of mine. And he was just telling me how much he loves the NBA and he loves this free agency. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, you know, kind of just reflecting and saying, you know, that's interesting. I don't disagree with you. Right. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people who used to be NBA fans, the nostalgic people who, you know, maybe the Jordan era people or even prior to that, they hate what Kevin Durant did. They even hate 2008 when, when Ray Allen... Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett came together and won a title. So, I mean, free agency increases the excitement for the sport, but for some people it turns them off. Yeah, they just hate that there's no loyalty to a certain team. Mm -hmm. But like you say, everybody's chasing the the championship or – Or money. Yeah, money. I mean, I don't know. I just – like Jordan, you don't have too many Jordans, too many Larry Birds. I mean, even Jordan finished his career somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, Larry Magic Bird did not, did not. Magic Johnson did not. But them guys were on great teams anyway. So yeah, they were drafted to ideal situations. Yes, absolutely. Was I guess Jordan was. Maybe yeah, no. maybe, maybe Jordan wasn't. Yeah, no. no, he probably wasn't. Yeah, they were terrible when he got there. Yeah. So, but then later in his career, uh, the owner thought he could win without Jordan. Yeah, him and Krause never really yeah. got along. So they went to Washington, and that didn't turn out great. In the majority of the first hour thus far, we have talked about, I guess, the DH rule, NBA, yeah. free agency. Wimbledon. Um, Wimbledon a little bit. We had a little bit of World Cup flop talk. Yeah. In the second hour, I do want to get to what I would consider to be the bread and butter of not only our show, but the local sports radio market. As much as we, you know, drift away from the specific bread and butter of what people want to hear around here. Because we're sports fans. We can talk about anything. Um, if I talk to our man Dugan Ryan, I talk to people who, who any feedback on the show, it's they like the college basketball talk, <laughs> regardless yeah. of what day it is, Yeah, which is crazy. If you're listening from somewhere else in the country or across the world and you're saying, why the hell are they talking about college basketball? Um, not only – I mean – there's some sports fans who don't even care in March. Yeah. Well, they're just bandwagon fans. Losers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we keep up with it 
the off season is just as important in college basketball around here. So a little tease. We've got a few minutes left in the first hour. Our man Gary Love at Scouting You on Twitter. We got our man Chris Embry at Sky Vault on Twitter. So Gary, you keep us up to speed on everything in the world of college basketball recruiting, college football recruiting, whether it be the Indiana Hoosiers, yeah. Kentucky Wildcats, or Louisville Cardinals. Uh, what's a little tease? We had a deadline this past week, mm-hmm. and in a what's your synopsis of the current state of college basketball roster development for these local teams? To give us a little, we got two minutes yeah. to give us a little tease for the second hour. Well, I'll I'll give you some. Uh up to dates on some practice reports from UK basketball because they're practicing for the Bahamas trips. Okay. So we've got some teasers there. Uh, Louisville and Indiana, both rosters are finished, and I, and I think Louisville's going to have a solid starting five. Okay. And What's that mean? As far as – We'll get into that in yeah, more, but yeah. a solid starting five, okay. Yeah. And uh, Indiana may make some noise according to projections. So we'll get into that in a second. But I, uh, I'm reading this, and – you see Cincinnati set a team record for strikeouts yesterday? No, I didn't. 18 strikeouts for a nine-inning game. Wow. That's pretty good. Pretty good. But uh, as far as uh, – Remember Kerry Wood? Who, who's – off the top of your head, who's had – what individual pitcher has thrown 20 strikeouts? Kerry uh, Wood's all in. Is it – yeah, wasn't there someone else? Did, did Roger Clemens do it? What about uh, – Randy Johnson maybe? Or? Maybe Ryan. Most what strikeouts in MLB game. I know everybody knows Kerry Wood did it, right? Like Kurt Schilling. You think Kurt Schilling did it? I don't know. I'm just thinking. I'll bring it up here. Right. Um, we are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I want to encourage our listeners to please give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We are going to head to a break. Once again, I'm Kelly Patrick. At the Kelly Patrick on Twitter. We got our man Gary Love at Scouting You on Twitter. We got our man Chris Embry at Sky Vault on Twitter. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. We encourage you to stay tuned. We got another hour ahead of us. We're going to jump into a lot of the college basketball talk out there for us. So stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. We can be listened to anywhere nationally or really anywhere across the world via the TuneIn app. So if you have access to the internet and you're not using a old school radio dial in your car or at home or whatever the hell, however people listen to us, I don't know. Uh, you do have access to the TuneIn app, so you can listen live from your phone or from your computer anywhere uh, via the TuneIn app. The Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. I am Kelly Patrick, alongside my man Gary Love, our producer, Chris Embry, talking all things in the world of sports. In the first hour, what we focused on really was... NBA free agency, a little bit of World Cup, a little bit of Wimbledon, I guess, uh, Major League Baseball DH talk. So we're really all over the place. But admittedly, the bread and butter of our show and of local sports radio, if you want to actually have people engaged and tune in, you need to talk about college basketball, even if it's July 1st, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do we have, we have Gary muted over here? Let's see. Yeah, Chris, there we go. There we go. We got Gary. Okay, so what we like to do in recent weeks is to update our listeners on the Louisville Cardinals, Indiana Hoosiers, and Kentucky Wildcats men's basketball programs. And me being the layman, when it comes to this, I don't follow it quite as closely as our man Gary Love does. Um, I like to keep notes, and when appropriate, I will update our projected starting lineups for college basketball. So uh, right now we have, let's start with the Indiana Hoosiers. All right. Romeo Langford still projected as the starting point guard. Yes. Okay. Yep, you got Romeo Langford as a point guard. And we've got V.J. Blackman as the two. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm starting to lead towards Devontae Green. Okay, he's kind of a point though, right? Yeah, but. Still, he'll be in the back. You think he'll be. In the the the, the backcourt with Romeo Langford. Okay, then we got Jerome Hunter at the three. Yes. And then we got Jawan Morgan at yes. the four. Yes. And he's, you know, on the 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 cusp of an NBA type player, yes. right? Six eight two thirty. So he's yeah he's a really good player. And then you got Jerron Davis. If he can stay healthy. If not, I'll put Evan Fitzner in there. The the transfer the transfer from St. Mary's. That's an impressive uh, starting five. It right is. There. Absolutely. I, I think they can uh, make some noise. And then the most underrated player in the country, according to the truth, Ray Thompson. <laughs> so that's right. He could be the sixth man. <laughs> and we've got Ray Thompson. Also, should mention Justin Smith. Justin Smith played a lot as a freshman. Really good player. Needs to get a little stronger. Okay. I mean, six seven, about two hundred fifteen pounds. So that's a little small. So what I've got here is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. That's a, about the projected starting rotation, and the four guys off the bench would be Romeo Lankford, VJ Blackman, Devontae Green, Jerome Hunter, Juwan Morgan, Jerron Davis, Evan Fitzner, Race Thompson, and Justin Smith. I'm sure other 
other players will step up, step up yeah. and play some minutes. Uh, but all eyes are on Archie Miller and this Indiana Hoosiers team because, as you know, the, the Hoosiers fan base does not accept mediocrity. Nope. Uh, at least not for very long. You got to have a game plan. You got to have an end game to where you're going to get to the Final Four, you're going to win a national title in order for them to be satiated. Yeah, but you know they are a little bit more patient than Louisville, Kentucky fans because they gave – I think Green. they I think they gave Tom Crean way too much time. Okay. Well, they gave him nine years. Sure. Could you imagine going that long with complacency? It seems like – For the, the – if you were a Wildcats or, or Cardinals fan – yeah, yeah, going that long with what Indiana's had to go through with their teams. I mean, I, I understand uh guy from Coach Oklahoma. I, he's, his name's escaping me. Uh, Kelvin, Kelvin Sampson. Sampson. Left him in a bad way. They was on probation. <laughs> but he, that was not good. No, it wasn't. Okay. I mean, how are you going to get busted two times for the same exact thing? So we got we, we got post-Bobby Knight is Mike Davis, who brought him to the national championship game. Yes. 2002, I believe it was. Okay. Yeah. Then Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson. Is that right? Then Tom Crean. Am I missing anybody? Uh, no, I don't think now so. Now Archie Miller. Okay. Archie Miller, which is a – he's a really good coach. I think, he, I think he'll do good there. We'll see. All eyes are on them. Uh, can we update our projections for how the – because really what matters is not, you know, how are they going to do in the Big Ten? Are they going to beat Michigan? And things like that matter for rivalries. Yeah, but from an outsider looking in, what matters is how far do they go in the NCAA tournament in March? Yeah, your goal should be your goal should be bigger than your conference tournament. Yeah, and it seems Especially like they they've kind of settled to that for that type yeah. of stuff recently. Yeah, but let's let's update our, our predictions our projections. How far does this Hoosiers team go? I, I'm picking them to go to the Sweet 16. Actually, okay, I, I think they can. Uh, do some damage because I think the Big Ten is actually down, so their um, seed will be a lot better due to a down Big Ten, I would guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to predict they do make the tournament. They only make it to the round of 32. That's what I got. Okay, same for you. Yes. All right. Gary says round of 32. Because I think the Big Ten, it's going to be top heavy. Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State's. They've lost several players, so I very think surprising. I have Indiana. surprisingly successful season for the the Buckeyes last year. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I think Indiana's going to fall around number three in the Big Ten. Okay, is what I'm predicting. Yep. So and Ohio, Ohio State's coach, really good coach. Yeah, they lucked out getting that guy, Kentucky native. So M- moving right along, Louisville Cardinals projected starting lineup: Christian Cunningham. Sanford transfer at the point guard. Yep. Everybody's in consensus that he'll he'll be the starting point guard. Yes. Yep. Uh, for Chris Mack's inaugural year here in Louisville. Uh, all right. So we got that at the point. We got. <laughs> did we really write this last week? Ryan McMahon is the starting shooting guard. I think, and I, I'm not. I, I know that I sounds like I'm that. making fun of him. Yeah, I think I'm changing it. Okay. I'm putting Jordan Nora as the. I like that better. I, I read some cool articles about him and his dad this past week. Do you, you see, see what that? he's doing over there? Double doubles and he's scoring. Is it his 20. dad as coach? Yes, first time he's ever played for his dad. Okay, yeah, so. yeah, he's looking good. I think uh, is he a two? 
He's a three, but he yeah. can play the he two. Okay. Yeah. you, you got to get your best players out there. Yeah. And McMahon, let's be honest, probably a little bit of a defensive liability. He's yeah. a spark plug off the bench. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. what I would at his best. Yeah. yeah. And I am I like him. Yeah, you know? you, but you have to put Nora at the two because you're going to play V.J. King at the three. Okay. I think it's going to be a good uh, little two-man game right there with Nora and King. All right. The four is Malik Williams. Malik Williams. They said V.J. King's put on 17 pounds since season ended. Hopefully that's good weight. Yeah. yeah I mean, they, I've seen a picture. I mean, he looks like he's putting on some size, which he should have done two years ago because he was a lottery pick coming out of high school. So Yeah. Yeah. He really did have a – he was a significantly heralded recruit. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, uh, Malik Williams at the four, and then I believe we were still with the, the Connecticut transfer, Stephen Enoch, at, yes. at the center position, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. What about the bench? Is is Ryan McMahon the first guy off the bench? Uh, uh, Sutton, Perry. Idea. Perry. Okay, yeah. Darius Perry, Perry, Dwayne Sutton. Those three. Anybody else I'm missing? <laughs> Akoya Gal. Akoya Gal is back. You, well, you, you got yeah. Well, no, how how, got, how valuable is it to be a grown man who's played college basketball for now what six years? That's what it seems like. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, something like that. He's been on a, a Division One college basketball team now, yeah. whether he's playing in games, but he's practicing with them for five or six years. Yeah. So maybe a Koya Gal will get some of those minutes at the, the five spot. I know it's not sensational. Yeah, I, but I, I, Enoch's I, the only center they have on the roster. Yeah, so a Koya Gal, they didn't sign that guy because he was a lottery pick. He's going to get they needed. They needed a big guy in there who's experienced and physical. Yeah, yeah I, I see him getting minutes actually – over some a few of the guards we uh, named, I think he would get playing time before McMahon actually. Okay, so we got the four: McMahon, Perry, Sutton, Akoya Gal coming off the bench. But once again, the Louisville Cardinals projected starting lineup according to us here at the Weekend Sports Buzz would be Christian Cunningham at the point, Jordan Nora at the two, VJ King at the three, Malik Williams at the four, Stephen Enoch. At the starting center position. Yeah, and don't forget about Quan uh, uh, Thor, too, the grad transfer from Richmond came in. That's okay. right. I mean, he's had, he's had games 25, 14, 14, um, 16. I mean, he's, he looks like he put, he put the ball in the basket. And he's a point guard also. He's six foot. I think he might get some minutes over Cunningham. It, it, I could see it going back and forth between yeah. those two. They're actually both pretty good. All right. Point guards, Jim. <clears throat> Chris, what's your projection for this Louisville Cardinals? How far do they make it? Do they make the NCAA tournament? A. Yes. Okay. They make it out of the first round. No. Okay. I uh, eliminated in the first round. That's what I'm guessing. Okay. Because they've they're going to have look their schedule is so tough in the non-conference and in the conference, just like Kentucky's is. Um, so they're going to have a lot of tough games. Uh, they'll have time to. Get you know those significant wins to help their seating, uh, but I, I don't know. I still have them going out in the first round. I'm going to say I, I think that the Louisville Cardinals will also make it to the round of 32. Okay, and, and I do think that for this year, for Chris Mack's first year, that will be sufficient. Yes, for the the fan base to be appeased. I would say, uh, Gary, what's your projection? Prediction for this Louisville Cardinals team this am, year and come March. I'm going to say they do not make the tournament. Do not make the NCAA tournament. Yes. Oh, <laughs> taking the hot take there. Yep. 
Is that a hot take? I almost feel like that should be kind of the expectation for this team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like if I may be a hot turn- take by saying they make it to the, the round of 32. If they make it to the tournament. It's a success. A, yes. I mean, they play – they're going to play either Kansas, Marquette, or Tennessee in that preseason NIT. Okay. They go to Seton Hall. They go to Indiana. They got Kentucky. Then they've got games against uh, North Carolina, uh, Virginia, which they can never beat, at Florida State. Um, They got Duke, NC State. I mean, they've got a tough schedule. You know what I was doing, and this is completely off topic, but I – I, I collected basketball cards growing up when I was younger. And so I always had, you know, a bunch of different cards and the, the books filled with the cards and the pages. And, and they have since been passed on to my son, who's really interested. He's nine years old now. He loves the NBA. He'll argue about the NBA. I mean, my son, Johnny, is a big sports fan. Okay. I was looking through my old books, looking at some of the old players. You know, I, I enjoyed saying... Uh, Chuck Person, I think he just went to jail. Or, you know, oh, God, there's Mookie Blaylock. He went to jail, too. You know, I, I remember uh, I, I enjoyed looking through it. You know, that's kind of nostalgic and cool. Yeah. Um, but guess who I saw a card for? Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Right? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. He He's legit a, played in the NBA for a while. He was good. Yeah, he was yeah. in the NBA for a while. He's a really good coach, but I think that uh, getting knocked out by a – That was bad. That was his first 16 to yeah. lose. Yeah. First first one to lose to a 16. And you know what? He's so even killed that he didn't even act like he was That it phased him? It, he's very uh, calm – it was inevitable, in my opinion, that it was going to happen Yeah. at, at one point or another, right? Because the yeah. parody in college basketball is uh, continually expanding. Am I wrong? No, it is. It is. It, it does seem to be. In a lot of ways. Now, at that same token, I, I was, the big schools at the very top, the cream really still rises to the top. The big schools, likely it's going to be Duke or Kentucky or, or – uh, you know, Arizona or somebody like that who's going to win the net or Kansas who's going to Carolina, gonna, North Carolina. One of those schools is going to win the championship next year. Maybe Villanova. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but parity is is present in college basketball. I think. Yeah. You yeah. guys agree? Yes. But I still love that Lachlan McLean had to <laughs> eat it when his team got. Are know. you a Lachlan McLean fan? No. I'm not. Are you not Gary? You. I mean, he's all right sometimes. He plays a little bit of a heel role. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't quite suck up to Louisville or Kentucky. No. no. He's a local sports – I think he's good at his job. Yeah. No, he's good. Yeah, he he is good. Yeah, he don't bother me. I mean, sometimes – No, obviously on a personal level. No. You know what I mean? There, there's no, no reason to take any of this personally. No, no, not at all. But he, he, he does uh, poke the bear being here local. He's hot takey. Hot takey, which is, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. People talk about it. Yeah. it. It works. He's certainly a professional. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we got the, the Kentucky Wildcats. Let's go ahead and, and project their starting lineup. Who's the starting point guard? Ashton Hagens. Chris? Yes, Ashton Hagens. And he is very impressive from the videos that have come out from the first practice. And how are they practicing this early? Uh, I Because they've got uh, – they get four hours a week to prepare for their Bahamas trip uh, August the 6th. So they're allowed to do – Four hours a week, every four years that they can take trips. I just didn't remember it starting this early for the practice. I thought they only allowed them like two weeks prior to the foreign trip. But mm. 
But that's uh, well. That's the thing about the NCAA. They're kind of easing up on their rules because there's there's no reason why you have your team on campus and you can't work and with you them. can't work with them. Yeah, that's so it bad. makes no sense. All right, starting shooting guard for the Connecticut Wildcats this upcoming year. I'm going Quad A Green. That's a safe pick. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, quickly. Yeah. The reason being is because I, I've already switched because I had Tyler Hero in there, but I, you know, I'm back and forth. We there's so many good players. You can actually plug any of those in, and reading the reports on him uh, during practice is he's he's kind of struggling against the speed. Who's that? Uh, Tyler Hero. Oh, okay. I mean, he can shoot, he can get to the basket, but as far as staying in front of somebody, they said he's the speed. The speed of the guys that UK has on their team is kind of bothering him a little bit right now. Which you know he's young. He, well, he's going against um, some of the highest-rated point guards in the country and shooting guards. Yeah, yeah. So I go quite a green, and he goes uh, quickly. Okay, starting small forward. Who's at the three? Kelton Johnson. Kelton Johnson, and uh, I look for him to have a dynamic year. I could see him uh, controlling many of the games for Kentucky. Very alpha dog. Very competitive. Yes. Yeah, that he's going to be the face of this team. I would say so. Uh, I wouldn't say the face. Who's the face of the team? PJ Washington. Okay, and he and that transition transitions us right to the power forward spot. Yeah. Do you both agree PJ Washington will be the starting four? I think he will be the. I think he'll start. I don't know if he'll be the starting four. My my concern. It's not a concern. It's a good thing to have. Is. You're not going to get Reed Travis to come to your school and come off the bench. Okay. Why would you ever want to bring him off the bench? Yeah. Because how good? How, how great is he? He's <laughs> twenty and nine every, every game last year. Okay, but this upcoming year, what's he going to do? He, he was double and triple teamed, by the way, last year because he was their best player on the team. And if you watch video of Reed Travis, he made he had those numbers with double and triple teams. For Stanford. Year. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so who do we put down at the starting power forward spot? Because we can only pick one. I, I would put PJ. You can only Gray. start. You guys do know you can only start five players. Yeah, yeah, right. PJ Washington at yeah. the four. PJ, I, I would say Travis at the five. Even though he don't want to play oh, the five, he's n- on offense. He will not play. I mean, so a little bit of an unconventional, unconventional lineup. Do they have? And I've asked this in recent weeks, and I'm sorry to be repetitive. Do they have a significant shot blocker on this team? Yes. Yes. Who? Nick Richards. Okay. Well, as and EJ e. Montgomery. EJ Montgomery is um, impressing the coaches big time, also, and they're trying to find a way how they can implement him in. So Nick Richards is the number two starting, uh, the number two center. Yes. See, I think he's the number one. That's what I'm saying. So you. you so Reed, So 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 Chris says Reed Travis will be the starting center. I'd put him in there too because you're not going to put him on the bench. And okay, but you can't put PJ Washington on the bench either. No. You ain't going to have him come back and put him on the bench. All right, either. so you're saying you're both going with Reed Travis as the starting five, even though he's not a conventional starting center. That's why – Can you play P.J. Washington at the three? You could, but you'd have – Can you play Kelton Johnson at the two? Yes, that's yes. what I was going to say. Put yes. Kelton Johnson at the two. Okay. Absolutely. But, that would be the strongest lineup you can come up with. So, Ashton Hagens, Kelton Johnson, P.J. Washington, and then Reed Travis at the four, but it'd, and Nick Richards at the five? Yeah, but it would also be your worst shooting five. Yeah, if you switched it to EJ Montgomery at the five, he can shoot. 
uh, on offense. Obviously, he'd be down low. He he's a little thinner though, so uh, there's so many ways. It's a good you problem can, to have, right? Okay. There's so many ways you can interchange. I think he's not uh, Calipari's not going to do a platoon, but I could see him almost doing a mini platoon just for the bigs, uh, to where you know he'll swap out two for two uh, and bring in Nick Richards and EJ uh, Montgomery together. Um, Who leads the team in scoring? I say Keldon Johnson. I say PJ. And you know what? How are we saying that when when we got Reed Travis, who averaged what he did too, yeah. and he's a senior? So there, it's going to be very entertaining. Cal, uh, Cal City wants six or seven guys in double figures. That's an, if it's, they do that, they're winning the championship, <laughs> <laughs> which is hard to do. So Chris yeah. says Kel, Keldon Johnson leads the team in scoring. Yeah. Gary says PJ Washington. Yes. All right. How how far does this team go? I, they're cutting the nets down. Okay. I'm always. I, I plan on us being on the air. Yeah. Come. Oh, yeah. it's going to be exciting this uh, upcoming. <laughs> All season. right. So, so Chris says championship. Okay. I always, I always say it's final four is a successful season, and if the pieces fall right, I say final four. That's a safe bet. So, so, so Gary, Gary, Gary you're saying final, <laughs> final four? Yeah. Good safe bet there, man. <laughs> Way to go out on a limb. Right. I'll say Final Four also. If My they, gut doesn't say they win it. I don't know, though. I mean, I, if, I famously have, ever since Cal's been in town, my buddy Adam Bird, I, I grew up with, one of my childhood friends, is <laughs> having these exact same conversations with me. You see this, these John Wall videos, and I was like, oh, my God, man. Oof. Videos. <laughs> Video, high school videos. You're basing things on that. He's like, no, no, he'll be the number one pick next year. He's going to be the no. – I'll give – you pay attention to videos. So it's difficult for me to gauge is my point. It is. <laughs> I'll predict uh, Final Four. That's a good pick. If we don't go to the Final Four, I'm going to be upset. Cal needs to go. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about if they they, 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 they uh, – let's say they have a subpar regular season, they get bumped in the first round of the – NCAA tournament. I just Cal needs to go. Then there has to be multiple injuries for that to happen. I'm calling yeah. that right now. I, it, that will not happen with a healthy team. They have a. I don't think. I, I I know that's me being a Kentucky fan, but I just don't see that happening without. You got to think. Last year, uh, Vanderbilt was hurt most of the year, and uh, they they were really expecting to have him the whole year. So they, yeah, they had several guys miss games. Quade Green missed a couple games. Yeah. Um, but now if we have injuries, we still have depth to step up and fill in those yeah. spots. You'll know what this team has early because their schedule, they got Kansas. The first game of the year yeah. is going to be one of the biggest hyped pre, you know, uh, regular season games in a long, long time because of the top three players that went to Duke and Kentucky being possibly preseason number one. Uh, you, you know how uh, you now have uh, Kentucky as the favorite in Vegas to cut down the nets. I think they are seven to one now uh, to win it all, and I think the next closest one is ten to one. I believe. So Vegas has Kentucky winning it. Yeah, I think Kansas kind of moved up a little bit because they've got LeGerald Vick back this week. Okay, which I don't know. I mean, yeah. Self didn't want him back. I think he wanted to grad transfer. T tell, tell us why he didn't want him back. His off-the-court issues whoa, 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 whoa. as far as, like, domestic violence charges, uh, just 
you know, he was put on two years probation from the school because he wasn't convicted, but they said there was enough evidence to where they think something happened. I mean, I don't know how that happens, but um, they just don't. They just don't think he's he's almost like a cancer to the team. But <laughs> he's I mean, really good. He's he's really good. <laughs> and the thing about him is he wanted to grad transfer. Is he related to Michael Vick? No. But you, but you have to actually graduate before you can transfer. Okay. So that's and he didn't want to sit out, so self let him come back, which is a good move because he's a really good player. He just if you can deal with all the issues and. So as far as projections, I hate to default to this, but you know what they say: gun to your head. You know, yeah. Gary, you're picking Kentucky to make it to the Final Four, not to win the championship. Right. Who is winning the championship? Oh. You have to pick. So as, now as you right have now, to pay yeah. for that, that pick. Probably Kansas. Kansas. So Gary's picking Kansas. As much win. as I dislike him. Okay. Gary Gary picks Kansas to win the championship. I don't I don't like to jinx my team. Tell us about Kansas's team. They have um, – they got Azubuki back. Okay. They've got uh, Charlie Moore, the tra- uh, transfer in from Cal that set out this year. Charlie Moore, okay. Yep. I'm sorry, transfer from where? I'm going to say Cal. Okay, transfer. All right, Azabuki. Yep. And they got Vic? They got Vic. Okay. They got the... Uh, Are these all future NBA players? Azabuki is. Uh, yeah, Azabuki. Yeah. Is he related to Kalina, uh, no. to the Kentucky Azabuki? No. no. They've got uh, the transfer from um, Memphis. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who they who they just signed for a point guard for next year. Okay. Oxmoor Chrysler. Oh, they got the Lawson brothers. Dedrick Lawson's going to be the power forward on their team. Okay. He averaged almost 20 points a game for Memphis. Okay, and that's he, right. He they're they're the guys who set out. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The uh, Lawson brothers. Yes. Lawson brothers. Okay. Uh, they also got uh, Quentin Grimes. He's a freshman. He's going to be a five-star point guard freshman. Devin Dodds. I mean, they, I mean they're, they're loaded. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. We would love to hear from you. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. we got our man Blue is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Blue? I'm doing really good, Kelly. I'm going to say go Big Blue. <laughs> hey, uh, I, you know, I like to jump around, Kelly, from, from subject to subject. I want to start off first by asking Gary, what position does E.J. Montgomery play? And do you see him being a one and done? He wants to be a one-and-done. Uh, he can play the three or the four. He needs to get stronger to play the four. But he's got an inside-outside game, which is they, – they liken him to Kevin Knox, but stronger to the basket. Okay. Uh, I, you're the only one that, that's going, going against uh, Kentucky not winning it. Man, I listen to some of these radio shows, man. They, these kids are ridiculous, man. They're already saying that uh, there's no excuse for Kentucky not winning. they got experience. they got grad transfers. they got shooters. I'm glad to see Calipari get shooters at last. But it's, it's, it's too much pressure, man. I'm just going to enjoy it, man. I know they got talent. I'm going to enjoy this season, man. I mean, it's not fair, man, to say, oh, oh no no excuse, I'm not winning. Why would you say that? I mean, it's ra- it's not random, man. Come no, on. No, no, other, no other team gets pressure put on them like Kentucky. None of the med- nobody oh. in the media says Bill Self better win it or he's on the hot seat. Right, right. God, it's just no fun. Hey, hey I, I got a question about the NBA. Uh, NBA. Uh, now, tell me how much the Cal- Calipari effect have on these kids. 
I would not pick Hamadou Diallo, because what can you do with Diallo? Nothing to my part. Why would you pick him over Ray Spalding, man? Does the Calipari effect, is it really that, that big? Yes. God bless. I mean, no way, man. And enjoy your show, Kelly. Thanks, man. Great Go. stuff there from our man Blue. As I've said in you know many occasions, one of our more consistent callers, always bringing not only his, his interest in the, the Kentucky basketball recruiting and the roster formation, which is obviously, you know, he's blue. Yeah. That's what he's calling for. But um, he asks about the NBA and, the uh, you know, he touches on all things in the world of sports. So let's touch on the, the Calipari effect. Calipari is <laughs> slowly etching out, and I need somebody to do a study for me. I need, I need to know what percentage of the NBA is guys who played for Calipari. I want to know. It's what, pretty high. What percent do you think? I would say at least 3%. No, it's got to be more than that. Yeah. Right? Gary, what do you say? I, I'd say seven. Okay. Point five. <laughs> I really don't know. Well, yeah. Okay, he, so, so the, the Calipari effect, what, what that means is that, guys, who's the best example of Calipari effect? I, I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is. If you look at that kid, if he went to Florida, okay, uh, there's no way. I don't think he even gets drafted. Okay. Uh he was played exactly the way you need to play in the NBA at Kentucky, and that's what Calipari does. He puts these players in a position to get them drafted while trying to win a championship. And a lot of times he's focused on their draft status sometimes to a fault, um, you know, neglects the uh, what he could do better for the team sometimes just for the individual. But, uh, yeah, I think um, – you look at Michael Kidd Gilchrist. He was number two pick in the draft. Um, would he have gotten that at another team? I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of players you can point to um, that got drafted. Oh, Daniel Orton? Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't have got drafted. <laughs> shouldn't have got drafted at all? No. I, well, well, clearly it didn't didn't pan out for him. Right. Okay, so, so the, the most – intriguing part of the Calipari effect to me is that we all know about it. There's been articles written about it and it continues <laughs> to be prevalent, right? That's right. Year in, year out, these guys continue to get drafted. Willie Cauley-Stein getting picked, what, the sixth. fifth, sixth pick. Yeah. But he's 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 not a bad NBA player, is well, he? Well, no, no, he's, he's not. Really but yeah, that's what. I, so so maybe that wasn't. A, he's a top forty kid, though. Yeah, he. he but well, I mean, so so you're saying he he moved up? Yes, big time. Yeah, I think the Calipari effect would be Darius Miller, um, Josh Harrelson, which was, had okay. which had zero. He he had he should not have been an NBA player. Because How many games did he play? He played a full season, I think, for the No, he played the two seasons okay. for the Knicks. <laughs> so he got that guy drafted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are both guys who were obviously tubby guys. Yes. Yes. He. Uh, I'm sorry, no, not no, tubby. No. Not, Billy Gillespie. Billy Gillespie. Billy Gillespie. They were both Billy Gillespie. Josh Harrelson was going to Western Illinois before – Gillespie got there. Okay. And he goes from going to a school like that to an NBA contract. It don't happen very often. If you want to go to the NBA as a point guard, you go – why wouldn't you go to Kentucky? Can we talk about the Kentucky effect? They're they're separate from the Calipari effect. It, it, you go expand to, on that for me. Okay. When you go to Kentucky, 
and you know you're going to go to the NBA, you're bringing that whole fan base with you, and they will support you also while you're in the NBA. They will buy your jerseys. They will. They already build a brand, so to say, at Kentucky. Kansas fans do similar things. Yes, they do. Right. Yeah. Uh, the thing you is, think Kentucky, the, the degree to which it happens for the the Kentucky Wildcats is even more so than Kansas. Yeah, just because the fan base is so large, bigger than Kansas. Oh yeah, 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 and more rabid as you Duke. Could. What about Duke? Duke is a smaller fan base than you would imagine. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just so who, who Kentucky's number one as far as rabid fan base. Who's number two? Uh, I would say. I would probably say Kansas. Kansas, oh, yeah, I'd say probably Kansas. Uh, I heard their uh, Midnight Madness, their version of it is very <laughs> their impressive. version in Kentucky created it, yeah. right? Um, well, actually, it was created at Maryland. Was uh, it okay? Yes, um, by what's his name? Uh, do you remember it, Gary? Lefty. Lefty Drizel started Midnight Madness. Okay. Okay, so so Blue asked about the Calipari effect. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, Hamadou Diallo, he said, what do you do? I think he made a nice – did you catch that? That's yeah, a what, good point. He said, Hamadou Diallo, and then he said, what do you do, Diallo? He's an athlete, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Really. I mean, I, re- I like the kid, um, but, again, he got drafted. Because he's an athlete, and he was on that big stage at Kentucky. What about Briscoe? What's happened with him? He's actually – he just got an award, didn't he? Uh, they won something. Um, they won the championship in the highest league, I think, in – I'm going to say Russia. Okay. He's on – he just made uh, – he had a tryout for Orlando Magic Summer League and made the roster. Okay. So, 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 so Briscoe, is he maybe a good example of just a real good athlete yeah, who was utilized at Kentucky because of his athletic prowess? Yeah. Not necessarily the best basketball player. He was actually the number two point guard in the country when he came out of high school. That's crazy. But he was a terrible shooter. Yeah, he couldn't shoot. He was just really a physical, yeah. uh, strong yes. guy who could make layups. Yeah. Um, he going, would go baseline way too much and walk out of bounds. He would frustrate yeah. me. <laughs> going, going back on Blues, wanting to know why Diallo was picked over Ray Spalding. Yeah, that was spe- very specific he's, from, from uh, Blue. He, yeah. He's a Kentucky fan, but, you know, he's always very fair. Yeah. Um, Diallo's two years younger. Ray Spalding played three years at Louisville, and he disappeared most of the time. He don't do anything great. Um, Diallo, at least you know he can he's get – He's got an upside. He's got a huge upside. All he's got to do is get an outside shot, and he's good. All he's got to do, so we're saying he does, he's not very good at basketball, but then on the same token, we're right. saying. Now, some guys do go to the NBA. Remember, historically, um, references I would use, Jason Kidd, when he came out of California. His nickname was not Jason Kidd. It was Acing Kidd. Oh, yeah. Acing Kidd, because he had no J. Yeah. Now, yeah. if I remember correctly, he's the third or fourth guy on the all-time leader and most three-pointers made. In the history of the NBA, I'll bring up that stat yeah, he, while we he continue. Was, he was one of Jason Kidd was one of the worst shooters. Tubby was all over him when he was at Kentucky, and uh, I think well, it started with Patino, and then he, he, I guess he wanted to stay on the West Coast. He went to Cal, and I watched several of his games. He was a little overweight guard. He couldn't shoot, but he could get to the basket, and of course, he had some of the best assists I've seen. All you got to do is work on your game. Mm-hmm. And Diallo going to the NBA where he don't have to worry about going to classes. All he's got to worry about doing is working out. And the kid, according to everybody else, has got the work ethic. 
So, look, um, Jason Kidd is number nine all-time in three-pointers made. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Career totals in the regular season. Number one's Ray Allen with 2,973. He played 18 seasons. The key is playing a lot of seasons. Yeah. Vince Carter's number eight. He's, he's, played, he's played 20 seasons. He's still playing. Man. Dirk Nowitzki's 11. He's played 20 seasons. He's still should. playing, right? Yeah. Look, J.R. Smith is number 12. He's only played 14 seasons. Look, Steph Curry is number seven. He's only played nine seasons. Man, you look at this list and, and, and relative to the number of seasons, pretty amazing. 19 is James Harden. He's only played nine seasons. Let's see. This is a good one. Clay Thompson is 24, and he's only played seven seasons. Okay, so Amadou Diallo works on his outside shot to answer Blue's question. And voila, he's going to be a successful NBA player. He'll, he's got to work on his defense, too. He gets beat a lot on defense. Okay. Um, but as of today, I don't think he makes Orlando's team. I mean, not Orlando, but Oklahoma City. I don't think he makes their team. He'll be on a, I think he'll be on a summer league, I mean, a, a G League team for at least two years. Now, that doesn't always doom you in today's no. day and age of the NBA, right? You right. can easily go to the G League, play some games, and develop, work on some things. I think the NBA is, in a way, following almost more of a baseball model, and I've said this before, but the development, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. a good example? Who would embody going to the G League or whatever it was called, the D League, uh, working on their 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 uh, weaknesses and then coming back up. We can we're gonna head to a break. So so during the break, I, we're gonna come up with the candidate who has embodied that the most. Who 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 had to spend some time. Maybe he was drafted high. Had to spend some time down at the G or D league, whatever it was called at that time. Then they've come back up to the NBA and they have contributed and they've addressed those deficiencies. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside Gary Love, Chris Embry. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be right back.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. We ended the previous segment asking a question. Who is the best example of someone who went to the G League, you know, out of college, however they got there, maybe an international player, and they worked on their game, maybe they, they developed into a niche-type player, and then they go and they flourish in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Best example I've found would be Danny Green. He right now makes over $10 million a year, and he is a, a, a very valuable piece to the puzzle for the, the San Antonio Spurs. 30 years old, making over $10 million a year. You don't have to turn into an NBA MVP candidate in order to make a lot of money. What you need to do is do something well mm-hmm. and um, make it so that you can contribute to the team and be a, a, your plus-minus numbers. All the advanced metrics and the advanced analysis of not only baseball, but also it's spilled over into uh, NFL and the NBA. The, the plus-minus numbers are a real big part of these the general manager's strategies these years. You want superstars, but then you need to surround those guys with players who are going to make the team better. They're not going to be a, a liability. They're going to be an asset. They're going to play good man-on-man defense. Maybe they don't get a bunch of steals, yeah. a la Bruce Bowen, um, you know, someone who's a real good on-the-ball defender. Maybe they won't even get a bunch of block shots, but they're real good at defense and positional, uh, you know, helping the team. They'll pass the ball. They don't have to dribble it. They don't have to do this. They don't have to do that. But they do something Specifically, well, Gary, do you have any nominees? I, uh, I I went with Danny Green. I've got a good one here. Okay, Hassan Whiteside. Oh my goodness! How did I miss that? Drafted by Sacramento Kings. Now he plays for the Miami Heat. Yep, and he's right now in the middle of a four-year, ninety-eight point five million dollar contract. That's spent, a great. One. Spent two years in the G League. Did he? Yes. So the, the NBA's heading in the, the good direction as far as development, in my opinion. Yep. Was uh, Ray for Austin also a guy that came through there? Yes, I believe he did. Skip to my Lou. Yep. Yeah. He was a really good player. Jeremy Lin from Harvard. Mm-hmm. Okay. He played. And I like the Whiteside one because he got a big he's one of the contract. best centers in the NBA. I, I said Steven Adams earlier is top five center in the NBA, but uh, Whiteside's probably top five center in the NBA he, too. He's pretty good, and uh, I would be shocked if – He's not out of Miami in the next year or two. Why is that? Because Bam Adebayo, he was upset last year. Bam Adebayo was taking some of his playing time from him. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't play together, but I guess since neither one of them can really shoot that well, it's kind of hard to put them both out on the court at the same time. But, yeah, Hassan White has it. And look look across the board, uh, big guys. Rudy Gobert also in 2013-2014 played for the – he led the the NBA in blocks this past season. One defensive player for, of the year. Yeah, Bakersfield right. Jam in 2013-2014. Yep. It's wild to me that baseball has been a, a ahead of the curve for so long with having the minor leagues. Yes. Not only AAA, AA, single A, but rookie ball, rookie summer, ball. Yeah. you know, I mean all sorts of summer leagues and different things. Um, but the NBA is somewhat headed in that direction also and and it pays dividends when done correctly. I would like for Louisville to have a team. Absolutely, a, a G League team. I I, I would enjoy it. Um, Just, I don't, you know, I don't know they'd have the best attendance ever, but I think it would have some attendance, right? If you if I, you I, go ahead, Chris. Well, I just I think we need to graduate and go ahead and say we need an NBA team 
Uh, oh yeah. I would love to just go ahead and get an expansion team or a relocation. Um, they're currently working on that right now, and hopefully uh, they can gain enough ground to get one in Louisville. It would be nice. And the people that say uh, there's no way you could sustain that, that's just, uh, you know, I just, I could see people uh, going to many games, especially when you have all-stars coming to town they've never seen before. Uh, it's not just about your team, but the visiting teams and who's on those. It just teams. doesn't seem realistic to me to be in the cards. I don't see it happening. Do, I mean, you, do you predict Louisville does get a team? Yes. When? What year? I'm writing this down. It, it, this is going in my folder. <laughs> You're on the list. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna Chris say predicts within, Louisville gets an NBA team by what year? Within six years. <laughs> I will be looking at this in six years. <laughs> I know that's a lot. Listen, I... It depends. You just can't jump in there. You have to wait for an invite from the NBA. Uh, it's not something you just – You can't force their hand. Right. So, and I know how slow they work. So, by 2024, okay, it's in, it's in the file. It's in the file. It's official. <laughs> Gary, you, you predict by 2024 that Louisville gets an NBA team? No, I don't think they get one at all. Okay. I, mean, I don't know why Dan Issel, and I don't know why these things keep resurfacing. It doesn't seem to be as realistic. And now 2024, maybe that may be accurate. I think they're Chris, going that, to, that's better than a, a by 2020 or something. I just right. think that they're going by the size of the city compared okay. to other cities that has teams. Okay. Uh, the market. Yeah, but look at Oklahoma City Thunder, right? I mean, Louisville could have been that team. If you look at the size of that area, um, you know, this is a basketball hotbed right here. We would uh, pull play, uh, fans, I should say, from Indiana, uh, Ohio, and, you know, in Kentucky. You need an owner, okay? What did you say earlier, Gary, that the Oklahoma City Thunder are paying how much in luxury tax? $130 million. Okay. So what you need is a rich person. It's a super <laughs> – well, I don't know if that's an oil guy in Oklahoma, is it? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but you need somebody with a ton of money. You need Mark Cuban. You need, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Right. You need somebody who's got really deep pockets yep. and can go out and even if they're not going to win a title, because let's be honest, the Thunder are not going to win a title no. anytime soon. But they're going to be competitive. And so they've got a, a billionaire owner, I'm guessing, who is willing to dump money into a team that will probably not result in a championship. I think, I think Louisville lost their chance. When they didn't get Vancouver, okay, it was between I think it was time between three three cities: Louisville, Memphis. I don't know who the other one was. Louisville didn't have the backing. Memphis had FedEx. FedEx put all the money up, and history shows that Louisville does not have a backing. There, there's not enough money. For someone to add a team here as an owner, like a rich own local rich owner or something they like that, they don't even have to be local. But my my opinion, the first city that's going to get uh, an expansion team is Seattle. Okay, and then they want one either Vegas or Mexico. Mexico, wow. So right there in Kansas City, so right there puts Louisville fifth on the list. Okay, so you think you think a, a G League team would be somewhat sufficient? We'd see a lot of maybe former. Uh, Louisville or Kentucky guys coming through on occasion or just mm -hmm. top college players that we're familiar with because we are one of the more educated, mm -hmm. uh, I shouldn't say one of the more, probably the most yes. educated basketball markets in the country across the board. That that comes from high school 
hell, middle school, mm-hmm. high school, college, up to the pros, right? Mm-hmm. If there's yeah. going to be a guy who used to play for Kansas – and the likelihood of anybody in the country knowing who he was outside of Kansas, somebody who lives in, in Kentucky yeah. would know who that guy is. Yeah. So I, I do think they could support a G League team. Is it as sexy or sensational as an NBA team? No. But, I mean, it, it would be something. It'd be a good start, yeah. yeah. All right, so we've only got a couple minutes left in the show. What about college football? Football's not far. Okay, we've spent the majority of today's show talking about September 1st. college basketball. Football's not far off at all. No. Today's July 1st. Yep. Uh, Louisville, I think they've got a somewhat significant game to start the season, don't they? A little bit. (laughs) Tell our listeners, what's happening for the Louisville Cardinals game one? They get get the uh, luxury of going down and playing Alabama to start off the season. Okay. Alabama, they have a pretty good football team, I think, right? They've been known to be decent. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty good. What's the Vegas spread on that right now? 25. 25. And it started at 30 and a half. You, what, what's your prediction? Okay, it started at 30 and a half and it's yes. went down. Yes. What's your prediction for that game? Final score, Chris. Uh, I'm going to say 42. Uh, 17. Okay. Uh, it's a pretty good prediction. I yeah. like that. Okay. I'll say 35 to 14. 35 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just think you try to go in the game and keep your quarterback what, healthy. What's your prediction, Kelly? Ah, uh, gosh, let's see. I'll just to try to be realistic. I'll say forty-seven to ten. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. I just think Louisville's going to put up some points because Bobby Petrino's team can put some points up. I just don't know if they can stop anybody. You don't know if they can stop anybody, but how well are they going to put up points against with a new quarterback? Yeah, against Alabama. Right? Yeah. But how, how legit is Juwan Pass? Nobody knows. I mean, Bobby Petrino's got a good idea. Yeah. Bobby Petrino's high on him. Mm-hmm. Bobby Petrino was high on Lamar Jackson before we had any idea that Lamar Jackson would be a Heisman caliber player. Yeah. So if you can trust anybody, any offensive mind out there, it should be Bobby Petrino. Yeah, I agree. But <laughs> you're right. We really we haven't seen him play significant, take significant snaps at a Division One college uh, uh, level. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick at the Kelly Patrick on Twitter. We got our man Gary Love at Scouting You on Twitter. Chris Embry, our producer, at Sky Vault on Twitter. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. Be sure to join us next Sunday from 9 to 11. Have a great week, everybody.